Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So we have another listener email. Woohoo! Uh, Brid wrote us again. Thanks, Brid. It says, Hi, ghouls. Hope you are both doing well. Another story from Ireland. This story is about my mother-in-law and her best friend. It was the late 70s and the girls were about 10 or 11 years old and they often played in the woods down the road from where they both lived almost every day. This one day they were playing in the woods and started getting the feeling like someone was watching them. So they got out of there fast, went home and didn't say anything about it to anyone. The next day they found out there was a man who had escaped from prison nearby and was found hiding out in the same woods the girls had been we had been playing in. Ooh. He was found and sent back to prison. If they would have seen him, who knows what would have happened to them. Thank God for intuition. Lots of love, Brid. No doubt. Holy shit, That's I know. scary. I know. I could not imagine. Now, see, I don't think, I don't know if I have that. You do. I just don't I think don't... you've had to use it, which is a good thing. Yeah. But... I think everybody has some sort of intuition, like, you know, something, right? I would hope so. Okay. Um, and now I have nurses share the last words people have said on their deathbed, and they range from witty to tragic to profound. Oh, gosh. It's pretty heavy, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, the question was, nurses, what were the most haunting things someone had said on their deathbed? First one, I'm not a nurse, but an EMT B on the 911 unit. We'd gotten a call about a hit and run, and the cops were on the scene first. Some guy and his girlfriend had gotten into a fight in the parking lot. It ended with him running her over, then backing up over her. She wasn't doing well, and her vitals were tanking. We loaded her up and she kept mumbling, tell my mom, please tell my mom. Naturally, I figured she was asking us to let her mom know she was hurt. The hospital takes care of that, so I put it out of my mind as we were working over her. She flatlined before we arrived. They didn't get her back. My partner was finishing up her paperwork and we turned to give her wallet back to the staff. The nurse on duty, who knew who I knew well, was reading a dirty piece of paper. She looked disgusted. When I asked what was up, she simply put the piece of paper down. It was a letter that was picked up near her purse on the scene. Uh, she had gotten accepted into college. Aww. I realized then that in the ambulance, she was asking us to tell her mom she had gotten into college. That is a deep sadness I never forgot. That's so sad. It is sad. Next one, right before my grandma died, her heart rate shot up to 220 per second, I guess. As the monitor started sounding all sorts of alarms, she yelled out, am I supposed to stop breathing now? <laughs> okay. Holy shit. Wow. That is terrifying. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Am I supposed to stop breathing Oh, now? my gosh. What do you say to that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> oh, shit. I lost my place. Okay. I had to tell my grandmother that dialysis would only give her another week or so to live, and it was her choice to try or not. 
She was in and out of consciousness at that point, but she was in a clear state for the moment, and she asked, will I die? I said, yes. She looked me in the eye, smiled a little, and said, sometimes you've just got to do what you don't want to do. She closed her eyes, squeezed my hand, and slept until she passed later that day. When things get hard, I always hear her say, sometimes you've got to do what you don't want to do. That's sad. sad. I don't like these. Sorry. Next one. I'm not a nurse, but my grandfather was put into a 24-7 care home with severe Parkinson's. My mom and grandma had spent four years basically taking care of him constantly, and they needed a break for a couple of weeks. They visited him every other day in shifts, but I went one day alone. He looked me straight in the eye and said, I need you to get me home so I can die. I can't do it here. I tried saying everything I could to the nurses and my family to get him home without saying what he told me. 24 hours later, he got rushed to the ER. As he was dying, he looked at me and said, don't let it bother you, and died. You guys hear that? That's thunder. It's raining. It's not my furnace this time. (laughs) (laughs) Next one, I had a patient whose memory had been fading for years. It's weird, right before a patient dies, sometimes they'll suddenly appear to be doing a lot better. Anyway, he thought I was his late wife. I played along and just listened to him while he recalled his engagement, his wedding, his first childbirth, and a few other memories. At one point, he says, oh, Irene, there you are. Sorry, you know my eyes aren't as good as they used to be. Well, thank you for listening to an old man, uh, listening to an old man tell his stories. I hope you have great stories to tell one day, too. I'm coming, Irene. Then he passed. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Uh, Next one, she looked at me and said, you really are a little pipsqueak. (laughs) I was her favorite nurse, too. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Pipsqueak. (laughs) Next one, many moons ago, when I was a nursing student, a man in his 40s was lying in his deathbed from terminal cancer with his sobbing wife laying in bed next to him. He looked at his wife and, using the last bit of energy he had, gently wiped away her tears and stroked her cheek. He took off his oxygen mask and said, don't worry, love, don't be afraid. It's just death and passed shortly after. Mm. That's sad. Uh, Next, I'm a former CNA in the dementia unit of an assisted living facility. My dad is on his way to pick me up now, she said, every time I checked on her until she died about a week after it started. While she was still mobile, she would tidy her room, sit on the edge of her bed and just wait most of the day. Next one, I started my nursing career on a palliative unit. Uh, In my first three months as an RN, I pronounced seven deaths. This one patient had advanced dementia and often often believed he was at work while he was awake in the hospital. He would often give us the nurses and care aides tasks and jobs to do as he believed himself to be our superior. One day near the, the, near the end of December, he asks me, when is New Year's? What day is it this year? I tell him New Year's will be the upcoming Tuesday. He nods and tells me that he thinks he's going to have to quit after the new year. This job is getting too difficult for him and he can't keep up. It's time to retire. I tell him we appreciate all the hard work he's done and how we'll miss him terribly when he's gone and that he was a great employee whom we all loved working with. 
That Tuesday, January 1st, he passed away peacefully in his sleep at 2 a.m. I will never forget that conversation. That's so weird. Yeah. Uh, Next one, my grandmother grasped the nurse's hand and said, I think I'm going to die now. The nurse was telling her no, she was doing much better and would likely leave soon. But my grandmother was gone before she could finish her sentence. She knew. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, How will I explain this mess? He asked while pointing to his butt. (laughs) This lad comes in after a car accident. His work van had flipped and rolled. The fellow was wheeled in fully conscious with no pain after EMS or disorientation. However, he was completely twisted in half from the midsection down. There was no way he would survive untwisting, but the blood vessels must have been clenched in such a way that he didn't bleed out. The doctors and nurses explained the situation to him and suggested his family come to say goodbye. He looked like he was lounging on the couch watching TV with a blanket over his lower half. Once the realization set in, he, re- he replied with, how will I explain this mess? Hmm. Ooh, how did he get twisted? Oh, my I don't God. Know. That's scary. Yeah. Next one, quote, I'm scared. He was an elderly gentleman with worsening congestive heart failure who was incapacitated. His wife had put him in hospice and he was comfort measures only. I was at the nurse's station and I could hear him start to gasp for air. I walked into the room and he was struggling to breathe. I put my stethoscope up to his back, but I already knew what was happening. His lungs were full of fluid. I sat him up in bed and he stared at me, eyes wide open, head tilted back with a facial expression of full-blown panic. I'm scared. Immediately after he said the words, his oxygen mask started filling up with a pinkish-red frothy foam running down his face and dripping onto his gown. He was dead within minutes, and all I could do was watch him. I will never forget his face. It's horrible. Like these. Sorry, I've only got a few left. Um, A nursing student in Canada, and on my palliative rotation, I don't know if I'm saying that right, had a patient that was getting medically assisted dying the next day. He was an elderly cancer patient. He told me he was a self-ordained minister, nothing official, but an at-home type preacher, and that I could confess to him anything I wanted. I humored him and whispered to him some of my biggest secrets. I figured, who cares? He was going to die tomorrow. He told me it was all right, and I could tell that he appreciated that. I confided in him. He also told me his email address and said that while he would not be sending emails in return, he would be receiving them. Weird. Hmm. About two minutes before my grandma passed, she had clarity. She'd suffered from severe dementia for years. She opened her eyes and said, I found Jack. Jack was my grandpa who died eight years prior. She said they were at a ball with their friends. And then she said, I've got to go. He asked me to dance. And then she was gone. Next one, my patient grabbed my arm, looked me in the eyes and said, please don't let me die. I have a daughter. Oh, that's terrible. I like that one. My brother couldn't really talk while he was dying, but the look in his eyes before his death rattle will haunt me forever. Whatever he saw, it awed him like a kid seeing Disneyland for the first time. I've never seen a person's eyes go so wide. My guess is he saw the whole damn universe at once. Hmm. Crazy. I didn't mean to. We were sending this middle-aged guy home after his ER visit. As soon as we moved him off the bed, he went unresponsive and had no heartbeat. We did a couple of rounds of CPR and he began to come too. 
He bleeded a couple times, and the doctor, running a, jo- a code, jokingly said, Sir, you almost died on us. The man said, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, in a sad way. His heart then stopped again, and we couldn't get him back. It was most likely a saddle pulmonary embolism. He was there for something pretty mild, but he threw a clot right when he was being transferred. If you want to look it up, he had classic classic cape synosis across his chest, uh, which is indicative of being P.E. I don't know what any of that means. (laughs) We're not doctors, damn it. (laughs) Next one, when I was 16, I was working in a nursing home. I befriended a man who talked about World War II and how he'd lost lost so many guys in his company. One day, he had a stroke. When he returned to the hospital, he couldn't remember anyone but me and told me he wasn't doing good. He knew his time was coming to a close. He said it was time to pay for all the horrible things he had done in Europe. He wasn't religious, but asked me where I thought he was going. I said to bed because it's lights out. He said, no, Joe, my name's Mike. I mean, up or down. I'm not a religious person, but I said, that's not for me to say. He laughed and said, I know where I'm going. There's only one place for people who have done what I've done. I've killed so many people, Joe. Most of the time, it didn't matter who it was. He went in, He went into buildings just shooting. There's only one place for me. It's what I deserve. Mm. I worked there as a diet, dietary aide, and it was a pretty nice nursing home. He and I had become pretty good friends, too. I had absolutely nothing to respond with when he'd said that. He passed away the next day. When I say that experience shook me to the core, I really meant it. I quit that day. That man's face burned into my memory because of that conversation. His son said he kept asking where Joe was at. Working in a nursing home is a haunting place. It takes a special type of person to be able to watch people just die around you. I couldn't do that. I could not do that. No way. Next one. One guy confessed to me that he was a Nazi war criminal. He didn't have dementia. He was with it. And I don't think he'd ever told anyone else. He was in his mid-90s, and I saw he was German, saw his age, and asked if he served in the war as I'm a former combat arms soldier. He said yes, so I told him that I was in the Army myself when I was young and asked some questions about what he did. After a little while, he broke down and talked about his participation in killing Jews in Russia. He was a junior officer in a something unit. He knew he was dying. It all came out, and he cried for a long time. Nothing but a murderer. He died a day or so later. I looked after a guy with end-stage heart failure. He kept having episodes where if he coughed or leaned forward, did anything to increase his intrathorax <laughs> pressure, he would pass out. He'd come to, after a few minutes, and gradually go back go from purple back to pink, asking how long was I out for that time. He was fully fine mentally, sharp, witty, and at peace with what was going on, or what was going to eventually happen to him. He and I were joking that one of these episodes was going to kill him as if, as he sipped his tea, talking rubbish. Five minutes later, it happened again, and he didn't come back. Hmm. Next one, I used to install medical alarms, and one client, a nice sweet lady, asked me to call her pastor because she wanted to tell him something. 
I called him, but he was over two hours away, and she said it wouldn't be right to do it over the phone. She said, can I, uh, can I tell you then? My first husband would beat and rape me when he was drunk, so when he drank too much, I put a gun in his hand and shot him in the head. I had no idea what to say, so she thanked me and said I was a good kid, closed her eyes, and slumped over. Mm. Holy shit. Uh, next one, quote, don't leave me alone. Sad. Next one, physical therapist here. I treated a man in his 90s who was a DNR. At least once a week when I would go to his room to start sessions, he would cry and say I didn't want to kill the kids. After speaking to his nurse, it was revealed that he had killed children in World War II. During a session, he collapsed and said, the kids are here to get me. However, he wasn't displaying fear when he verbalized this after he collapsed. He seemed at peace and died a few minutes later. Dang. Yeah, that's... It's like guilt and like, mm -hmm. oh, God. Had a patient get diagnosed with moderately aggressive but treatable throat cancer. We tried everything we could to get him to, re to consider, but he refused any type of treatment. After three months, his wife had their two children, adult sons, carry him into the office at 4.50 p.m. on a Friday. I was the only nurse in the building and got him to an exam room. He was completely gray and gaunt. You could hear how close to the end he was every time he breathed. It wasn't exactly a death rattle, but you just knew his lungs were full of fluid. His son set him in a chair and he kept sliding out. I stood between his legs to hold him upright in the chair while I told the sons to go get the doctor and told the wife to call 911. We all knew nothing was going to keep the man alive much longer. He patted the side of my leg. It was the most he could move and whispered, I should have listened to you all. I don't want to die. Hmm. Late now, isn't it? Yeah. My grandparents passed three days apart from each other. My grandmother was diagnosed with lung cancer. Halfway through her treatment, she told us she felt that her life was fulfilled and she was stopping treatment to pass peacefully. She was on her deathbed for a long time, in and out of consciousness, not communicating often, and only eating ice chips. I tore It tore my grandfather up. He was healthy and in impeccable shape. He went to the gym until he was 90. One day, he was at the grocery store and had a heart attack. He died within minutes. A few days later, my dad and I were sitting with my grandmother. My dad told her that my grandfather was waiting for her whenever she was ready so she wouldn't have to go alone. My grandmother spoke her first words in a week. He's right here with me. I see him. My dad asked, what's he wearing? She giggled and said, he's in my favorite gray suit. I think we're going out. She passed that evening. No. Next time we had a patient with a history of IV drug use who'd been in the unit for over a month. She'd gotten sober months prior but developed endocarditis. She was quiet and sweet and reserved but always, uh, but always thankful for her care. She had no social support. Her mother was the one who gave her drugs for the first time. She had no contact with anyone in her life except one friend who came in weekly to check on her. On her 24th birthday, we got her a cupcake and, a li and little presents, hung a banner in her room, and sang her happy birthday. She said thank you, but didn't show much emotion. We weren't entirely sure how she felt. That day, she went to cardiac arrest and died. We spent 45 minutes trying to get her back. Her friend came in to collect her things and show us the message she'd sent that day. It was a picture of the cupcake, presents, and banner and said, I love my nurses. 
I don't know how to tell them, but they're the best family I've ever had. That's sad. This will be my last one. This is short. Um, my mom told me that my grandma's last words were, I want to hear a joke or want to hear a joke. Then a long beep was the only noise that filled the room. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Very bad sense of humor. That is a bad joke. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't do those again. I'm sorry. I thought they were going to be like creepier than that. I didn't read those. Oh. This week, I did 12 terrified people share the creepiest paranormal experience they've ever had. And this is tickled.com. Okay. When I was a kid, my brother and I would get stuck with babysitting the neighbor's kid. His name was Alex. Alex was really fond of my Lego set that I had in the corner of my room. He would play for hours while my brother and I would play video games in the living room. So one night when I fell asleep on the couch while babysitting, my brother came to me and said, Alex is under your bed and shaking. I asked what's wrong with him. My brother told me to follow him into the room and try to talk him back out from under the bed. I go inside to find him on the verge of tears and he was trembling profusely under my bed. I asked Alex, what's wrong? Why are you under there? Alex whimpered it while looking at my sliding closet. <laughs> As I walked toward the bed in order to help him out, he ran. He ran all the way back over to his house and waited on his front steps until his parents got home. Oh, my God. Now, my parents were out to dinner with his, and he explained the whole story in detail to both his parents and mine. His explanation sent shivers down my spine. My mom told me that Alex was playing with my Legos and heard a slight murmur from my closet, something that resembled a faint vocalization of, come here. He said that he looked behind him and noticed the closet had a slight opening with light peering in from my lamp. He stared at the crack until he saw an eyelid open. Oh my he God. told us that there was a man in my closet. Alex then hid under my bed after he gave out a slight yelp, which attracted my brother's attention. My family rushes back into my house and into my room. In horror, we find my closet door rocked open. My window had been left open when it was previously closed and a few things knocked over which had not been touched previously. Oh, I just my got God. chills. That is so fun. That poor kid. Oh my God. Holy shit. I used to be in the military, and the training camp bunk that we lived in was said to be haunted. Occasionally, our stuff would go missing and reappear in weird places, like under our bed or inside a bag that we had zipped up and stuff. No big deal, right? I mean, human error and all. Then come the instance that freaked everyone out. It was one night after lights out and my friend was on his phone texting his girlfriend. Most of us were drifting off to sleep and were lying on our beds, etc. Suddenly, he heard the shuffling of feet from the corridor. So thinking that it was our sergeant, he quickly hid his phone under his pillow, rolled over on his side, and pretended to sleep. Till this day, what happens next chills me to the bone. While he pretended to sleep, he heard someone right behind him at the other side of his bed going, don't worry, you can continue to pretend to sleep. I would dismiss this as a figment of his imagination, except about five other people around him heard it as well, including me. Creepier still, there was no one there, and it was the voice of a little girl that said it. 
For reference, our training camp was in the middle of an island and was set up away from the main admin admin blocks. The island had been closed by the government for army training purposes for the past 15 years, so there were definitely no civilians around, let alone kids. To make matters freakier, when we came back from our weekend home leave, there was a bunch of female hair on his bed neatly bundled up, long and jet black. Under his pillow was a note, remember me? (gasps) Now, as I said, we were in the middle of a forest in the middle of an island, and at that point in time, there were no female recruits slash personnel on the island. Our bunks were locked up for the weekend, and the duty sergeant had no idea that the incident happened. We never spoke about it after that night. Still chills me to the bone thinking about it. Creepy. Oh, my God. I saw my deceased ex-husband in my kitchen. I was watching TV in my living room in the middle of the day and kept hearing the sound like someone was jiggling their change around, and it was loud as if it were in the room with me. I paused my TV, yet the sound persisted. So I started to look around the room, and when I got to the kitchen, I saw him standing there. He was looking around as if taking stock of my apartment. Oh, and he was jiggling change in one hand while flipping a quarter in between his fingers with the other, something he did a lot when he was alive. He turned his head and saw me frozen, staring at him. The expression on his face was, I knew I would never forget. His eyes got huge and he kind of tilted his head forward with the expression like, you can see me? I don't know how long we stared at each other for, but I turned away when I started to hear my cat ripping up the carpet again in the other room. When I turned back to my ex, he was gone. It's worth noting that he had only been dead for a couple months, too. Some Romanian woman I worked with told me that the dead stick around for three months before crossing over. I don't know about all that, but I know without a shadow of a doubt what I saw that day. It's fucking nuts. I used to have this reoccurring dream where this black figure with no face would visit me and try to possess me. It would typically enter my being through my mouth, and at that point, I would have no control over my dream. It would tell me to do terrible things to people, and it had a scratchy voice. The weirdest part, that every time it would be inside me, I physically would feel ill. Ill. I would wake up with, some, with the same feeling, oftentimes vomiting right away. What the fuck? I don't know. That's weird. It's weird. Like they have a demon in them or uh-huh. something. Gross. When I was in second grade, I woke up one summer night, dead of night, to a woman floating through my window into my bedroom. Oddly, I wasn't scared. I just sat up and asked, what are you doing here? <laughs> she remembered, I remember she answered me, but oddly enough, the next morning I couldn't remember what she said or even what her voice sounded like. I couldn't even remember what she looked like. So next I said to her in true eight-year-old fashion, well, you better be going because my dad might wake up and then he'll be mad. She slipped out of my already cracked open bedroom door and I went back to sleep. (laughs) Sounds like sleep paralysis, right? Wrong. The next day I was really excited that I had my own fairy godmother (laughs) and I named her Crystal. (laughs) And I thought in my head, please come back, come back and wake me up at dawn so we can talk. The next morning, just as I was getting, just as it was getting light outside, I hear someone whispering my name. I realized that this was real and she was a ghost, and I froze. I stayed as still as I could, not even able to breathe, and just prayed as hard as I could, go away, go away, go away. I could feel her right by my head. Okay, happened once. Coincidence, right? Nope. 
Every time I would get brave and say out loud to her before going to bed in my room, okay, come this time, I swear I won't get scared. (laughs) She would come whispering my name and I would almost crap my pants in fear and never open my eyes. (laughs) So at this point, I'm thinking, still could be night terrors, right? I mean, our eyes have receptors sensitive to light that wake us up, thus causing me to wake up at dawn and hallucinate. Here's where everything gets real. Next summer, I tell a friend that this is going on while we were camping together. She doesn't believe me. Says to me, okay, ask her to come tonight. We're sleeping in the same tent and my friend wants to see for herself. So I do. And at dawn, I hear her calling my name and my friend's name. Oh my God. We don't move. She leaves and we both sit up and my friend heard her too. She freaks out, tells her parents that day, sobbing. I get in trouble for scaring the crap out of kids with Ghost stories. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's, That's funny. crazy. Who was it? I don't know. Maybe our guardian angel? I don't know. Weird. My stepmom and dad used to work opposite shifts there for a while. He was on nights, her on days. They had a set of baby monitors from when my sister and I were babies. My dad said they could record short messages with them and they would leave them out in the on the coffee table for the other to hear when they got home from their shift. That's cute. (laughs) This went on for a bit. Then once their shifts lined up, they put the monitors away in storage. She died of cancer at a really young age, and my dad had just gotten back from the funeral and was home alone. He spent that night going through their things, packing some of her stuff away. He said he had one of the baby monitors sitting out on the coffee table, and it woke him up in the middle of the night with an old message going off on repeat, that she had recorded. It said, I love you, Mike. I love you, Mike. Over and over. My dad told me just, my dad told me he just sat on the couch in the dark and listened to her message until the batteries died. A couple of weeks later, he had picked us, picked us kids up for the weekend. After my sister and I went inside, he said he was sitting on the porch smoking and a strong gust of wind blew. And he said he could smell her perfume that she always wore. Oh, sweet. That is sweet. Very sad. When I was about 16 years old, I encountered something that still bugs me to this day. I woke up around 6 a.m. on a normal weekday and went downstairs to get ready for school. No one else in my family had woken up at this point. I got in the shower, still sleepy, and could barely hold my eyes open. After a few minutes of showering, someone tried to get in, and I told whoever it was that I was in the shower. The person then proceeded to aggressively open the door. I saw the door handle going up and down like crazy, and he, she, whatever, knocked on the door harder and harder. And then it suddenly stopped. Didn't think that much about it, but when I got out of the shower, I realized that nobody was up yet. Oh, my God. I proceeded with eating breakfast, and after a while, my dad came down the stairs, so I asked him if he was who had wanted to use the bathroom earlier. He said no, and that both my mom and younger brother was still asleep, so it couldn't have been them either. And even if it had been any family member, they would not have tried to open the door so aggressively at six in the morning. That's creepy. How did they not wake up if something was actually banging? That had to have been loud. What the fuck? I don't know. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. My grandfather was a bad man. Alcoholic, extremely violent, tried to kill my grandmother in front of their kids. One of his less horrible acts was abandoning my grandmother with their six kids, oh my God. all under the age of 12. 
Some of his kids maintained minimal contact with him. He lived about 30 or 40 miles from my grandmother and the two kids who'd stayed in the area. When he was in his 80s, he was hospitalized and then passed away in the middle of the night. In the morning, his oldest child, one of my aunts, went to the morgue to identify the body and fill out paperwork. On her way, she stopped by my grandmother's to break the news. When she came in, when she came in my grandmother said, oh, it's a sad day. He died just past midnight, I imagine. My grandmother had begun to show some signs of dementia or just basic old age, and so the weird comments were too out of character. And my aunt assumed that the hospital, one of her siblings, had already called to tell her to tell mother the news. My aunt shook it off and drove to the morgue. When she saw the death certificate, she was shocked to see the time of death listed as 12.10 a.m. On her way home, she stopped back at my grandmother's and asked her who had called her to tell her the news and asked why she said that she thought he had died just past midnight. My grandmother said, he came to see me at 1230 and we talked for a spell. He wanted to apologize for all he'd done to me and you kids. I think he made his peace and was able to move on, so I'm glad for that. My grandmother then resumed humming and doing a jigsaw puzzle. Oh my. Fuck him. Yeah, really. (laughs) (laughs) When I was in elementary school, I shared a queen-sized bed with my older sister and our family dog, a mutt that looked like a short-haired lassie, would sleep at the foot of our bed every night. When I was about six years old, I woke up one night around midnight and saw a dark figure standing at the foot of the bed. The figure was entirely in black without any eyes or a face. I tried to wake my sister up, but she rolled over to go back to sleep. My sister must have accidentally kicked the dog because the dog woke up and raised his head and started growling at the figure at the foot of the bed. The growling then woke my sister up and she saw the figure and started screaming. When my parents came into the room and turned the light on, nothing was there. To this day, both my sister and I are adamant that we saw a ghost or other demon demon in our room. We know we aren't crazy because the dog saw it too. Creepy. I don't like the fact that the dog was like totally asleep and she just happened to kick it. And uh-huh. then it was like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't comfort me. No, not at all. <laughs> a friend of mine told me about a dream she had years ago about a decrepit old man who was being chased by wolves. In the dream, he kept referring to himself in the third person as old skin. Old Skin's got to get away from the wolves. Eventually, the wolves caught up to him and started ripping him to pieces in front of her, and he kept narrating the events in a monotone voice. Uh, Old Skin's being eaten alive. Old Skin's gonna die. uh, She woke up feeling creeped out, but the weirdest part came when she started describing the dream to her brother. He stopped her mid-sentence and asked, Was his name Old Skin? uh, I had the exact same dream. Shut up. What? That is creepy. That is creepy. When people have the same dream. Yeah, that's not natural. No. Oh, my God. Growing up, my older brother had a computer program that he used to compose piano music on. I remember I was reading in the living room when I heard the most beautiful violin melody I'd ever heard. I listened to the whole thing, which was several minutes long. I walked down the hallway to compliment my brother on his masterpiece when I realized my brother was not using the computer and I was home alone. Mm -hmm. creepy this is my last one 
I was running on the trails at the Nathan Hale Homestead, 18th century farmhouse and property of a Revolutionary War hero in Connecticut, which is only about a 10-minute drive from my grandmother's lake house. I could not find a map of the trails anywhere online, and there didn't seem to be any signage at the place, just a bunch of random mountain bike trails in the woods. I was only going to run four miles, so I estimated... (laughs) Settle down! So I estimated that I would run for about 30 minutes using my watch to keep myself on track. So I ran around the trails for a while, and nothing seemed too out of the ordinary. It was about nine on a Monday morning, and the only sounds were the distant hums of Route 31, birds chirping, and the occasional squirrel or deer that scampered off whenever I came near. The trails seemed to wind around a lot, and if not for my better-than-average directional skills, I could have easily gotten lost. About 20 minutes in, I saw something strange about 50 meters off, a finely polished, light-colored wooden coffin. I was a little weirded out, to say the least, and waited until I got a clo- got closer for a better look. I rounded a corner where several old tree stumps blocked my view, only to find that the coffin had disappeared. Where it should have been was a clump of ferns. Odd. Huh? I turned around shortly thereafter and made my way back to my car. I was maybe a half a mile out when I heard a very distinctive knocking on a nearby tree to the riv- rhythm of shave and a haircut. Talk, 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 except no two bits. I don't know what that is. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. But no bump, bump. Okay. All right. (laughs) I was totally confused. (laughs) I was a little spooked, but chalked it up to be a woodpecker or something. However, not 30 seconds later, there it was on a completely different tree up ahead somewhere. Creepy. Talk, talk. To talk, talk. (laughs) We know what you mean. (laughs) I picked up the pace. The trail widened a little and I could see way ahead the entrance to the parking lot where my car was. There it was again on a tree seemingly right next to me. Talk, 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 talk. (laughs) Whatever. I truly started freaking out and started to book it back to the lot. I was nearing the opening when time seemed to slow down. All of a sudden, it felt like the temperature dropped about 20 degrees, the birds stopped singing, and my simple Timex watch started to malfunction, making all sorts of beeping noises, and the numbers glitching on the screen. The beat sounded impossibly loud this time, like it was hacked into every surrounding tree with a hand axe. Talk, talk, to talk, talk, talk. Am I even doing that right? I don't think I am. (laughs) An overwhelming sense of dread washed over me as I anticipated hearing the two bits refrain and perhaps worse. I burst into the parking lot and everything went back to normal. The temperature was back to the mid-70s and birds were chirping away. I looked at my watch only to discover that it had gone completely blank. I stood there and stared at it until it flashed 12, Monday, 101, January 1st. My watch had reset itself. It had never done this before. I got into the car and started the engine. The clock on the radio display read 12. That couldn't be right. It should have been around 9.30 or 9.45 at the latest. I put her in reverse and backed up to where I could clearly make my way out to the main road. However, as I was about to throw the car into drive as it sat there, I heard a sharp rapping sound on the back window 
like someone hitting it with their knuckles. Talk, talk. Oh, my God. There was no one else in the parking lot when I had finished my run. No cars, no nothing. I didn't dare look back and hightailed it back to my grandmother's house. Holy sh- That is one of the creepiest stories <laughs> that we is, have ever read on here. That is really creepy. That is that is fucking crazy. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I just have some more scary stories. We were living with my brother-in-law and his two teens when I was pregnant. He had an elevated house on quite a bit of former hunting land, several miles down a country road. County road. My husband works seven seven to six, and brother-in-law works offshore for 14 days. While he was at work, his kids stayed with their grandmother. Nice house, but it was it had a weird vibe. I chalked it up to pregnancy hormones. One day, home alone, I was taking a shower and felt someone staring at me. Stuck my head out and listened. Couldn't hear anyone in the house, so I resumed my shower. A while later, I heard the back door shut. I was standing in the kitchen and could he- and could see the door, which had no steps and was six inches from the ground. Door was still locked. I told my husband about it that night and he shrugged it off. We locked down and went to bed. I don't know how long I'd been sleeping, but I woke up to the blankets being yanked off the bed and my husband flipping on every light in the house. He threw open every door, every cabinet, looked in every pantry, closet, while, while holding his handgun. I asked what was going on. He swore he heard boots thumping through the house like someone walking. Oh, and someone talking. Everyone, everything was still locked, and it's not a big house. Nobody was there except us. One night a while later, my niece came into our room. Her dad worked, worked over, and we had them for a few days. He asked to sleep in bed with us. Oh, she asked to sleep in bed with us. Now, this girl isn't scared of anything and is 14 at the time. I sat up and told my husband to scoot over and patted the pillow. That's when I noticed her 16-year-old brother curled up under a blanket on the floor beside me. Why are you both in my room at 2 in the morning? They didn't want to answer at first, but explained that something in my niece's room laughs at night. I hated that room when we moved in and put up any laundry I did quickly in there. I asked my nephew why he was on the floor, and he said she came into my room on the cot to sleep, but something started knocking on the door. We came down here as soon as it stopped. Again, husband flipped on every light, looked in every nook and cranny, nothing. Eventually, we moved out, and the kids decided to live with, live full-time with their grandmother. My husband said he heard a man laughing in my niece's room, but there was nobody there when he turned on the lights. Scared the shit out of him. Next one, I was walking down the street when I saw a rusty nail in the road. I picked it up and threw it into an empty house's yard. Not helpful, I know. After I threw the nail, a man came out of what I thought was an empty house and and shouted at me. I freaked out, thinking it was about the nail, and he kept walking toward my house. And I kept walking toward my house. The guy didn't sound mad, but I couldn't make out what he was saying. He started following me to the street and gesturing me to come over, but my gut told me to keep walking. I get home and see from my house, the empty house is now surrounded by cops. At this point, I still think it's about the nail. <laughs> After a while, it gets worse and the, and men in full gear show up. I found out later that the house was indeed empty. The men inside were known criminals and I very much almost ended up hostage. Ooh, creepy. 
Next one, years ago, early 90s, my boyfriend was driving me home when I saw a man lying on the ground in, in the strangest position, kneeling with his head on the ground and bent at a sharp angle so that he faced the street. It was two in the morning and the man was covered in sweat with his eyes open. We pulled over and I hopped out of the car to check on him. His eyes were wide open and he seemed like his face wasn't moving, but it really felt like he was pleading for help. He didn't respond at all when I called out to him, no blinking, no glassy eyes. I reached out to touch him and he was ice cold. I'm sure he wasn't breathing. This was before cell phones, so I hopped back in the car and we sped back to my house to call 911. Ten minutes later, the police called back to ask for the cross streets again. Apparently, they arrived at the corner and there was nothing there. I verified that they had the right spot and said they would call back if they needed any more information. That was the last I ever heard about it. I checked on the newspaper for several weeks, but never found anything out about the man. That's weird. That is weird. First of all, I wouldn't have stopped and got out. Well, no. No. That's creepy, though. Yes, it is. Uh, next one. My three-year-old, who is normally very happy-go-lucky, was extremely concerned the other day. He kept looking around the room and talking about the rhino. Who knows what a three-year-old might translate as rhino. This went on for about 20 minutes. He was very concerned and looking around the entire time. So we get to a point where he says the rhino is moving. My wife asks where the rhino is. He says he's coming to daddy. Yeah, um, I'm daddy and my ass puckered as a wee <laughs> bit at that comment. Fast forward about four days last night. He starts talking about the ghost. My daughter asked my son, where is the ghost? My son said, he's biting daddy. <laughs> what the actual fuck? <laughs> Creepy. <laughs> Next one, we had quite a large house shaped like an L, but the L was cut into a hill. So the bottom part of the L was the downstairs, which is almost underground. It had windows facing out, but a lot was either in the hill or under another floor. I had the room on the bottom part of the L from 13 onwards. My room had two doors, one that opened out to a kind of rumpus room and one to an ensuite. En suite. En suite. <laughs> I'm not French. <laughs> I, uh, it was always creepy as fuck, but being a skeptic, I dared anything there to do something to me. Grew up fine, but I could never sleep unless both doors were shut. When my parents went away, I'd break the rules and bring my dog in to sleep in the bed with me. And a few times I woke up late to see her alert and staring at the door to the rumpus room. Occasionally, I'd hear clawing at the screen on the window, but we had dogs, cats, horses, and the local bush turkeys, foxes, etc. I figured if something, there, if something was there that shouldn't have been, my dogs would have gone ballistic. Fast forward five years, bring a new girlfriend to my home to meet my parents. We slept in my old room. She woke up screaming between 12 and 3 a.m. twice out of the three nights we stayed there. I have been with her five years since, and it's only happened in that room. She won't sleep in the house anymore. That's weird. Yeah. My parents let my younger sister move into the room about four years ago. She asked me recently if I ever heard scratching on the window late at night. Both of the dogs we had, plus the cat and the horses, are all dead, it being roughly 10 years later, so the scratching is likely independent of the pets, unless the local animals are fucking with us. 
She also said she can't sleep unless both doors are shut, and she often put door stops under both doors so she hears if either door opens. She googled some stuff and decided to sage the room and said she'd had hectic nightmares since and woke up screaming late at night a few times. For reference, she's about four, she was about 14 when the night terrors happened with my girlfriend, so we never told her. As I said, I'm skeptic, but this is still pretty creepy. Hmm. That is creepy. What the fuck? There's got to be something going on. Yeah. Next one, I was ambling down an old country highway in northwest Georgia on a motorcycle when I spotted an ambulance coming the opposite way. I pulled over and a pickup truck pulled over behind me. In my rearview mirror, I see the passenger get out with a baseball bat and start hustling my way. I didn't even look, just dropped it into gear and hauled ass. What followed was the most harrowing experience I'd had in my life as this pickup truck proceeds to chase me all over the place for about 20 minutes. I'm unfamiliar with the area, and my bike was not meant for going fast around turns, so I've got no room for error, and it's all I can do to stay out in front of these guys. I'm blowing through four-way intersections in a bid to get some distance and come up with a plan, but they're all hell-bent on catching me. I finally managed to get pointed towards the highway and into the cover of other cars, but then traffic stops on a bridge. The truck is three cars behind me, and I'm thinking if I just get out to the highway, I'm probably home free because my motorcycle can go fairly fast in a straight line. In my mirrors, I can see that passenger snaking through cars on the bridge, so I lane split and make the on-ramp, hammer down, and I'm gone. Never went back to that town. As far as I know, this was an unprovoked attack of the hillbilly variety because prior to the ambulance, I hadn't even seen a, another vehicle. I don't ride particularly fast, and I don't believe in loud pipes. I got lucky as hell seeing him come up behind me like that. wonder if they thought it was someone else. Maybe. Or they could just be fucking psycho. People are fucking psycho. Yeah, that's true. Next one. I'm fairly small for a guy. I stand around 5'5", and the most I've ever weighed is around 150. About six or seven years ago, I didn't have my license despite being far old enough to drive, but a good buddy of mine wanted to hang out. He, too, did not have a way of transport, so we decided to both walk towards one another and meet in the middle. We would both be walking about five miles. It was 3 a.m. on a cold winter night, and I was wearing a black jacket with my hood up. About two miles into my hike along the main road, a car pulled into a parking spot of a home I was passing, just a few feet behind me. He wasn't entirely into the driveway, almost halfway hanging out into the road. I half expected it to just be a kind stranger wanting me to, wanting to give me a ride, but I wasn't going to take any rides from anyone. I kept pacing forward and ignored the card behind me, expecting them to roll down a window and shout at me. It didn't happen. The car just sat at the edge of the driveway, running, but completely dark inside to the point that I could only barely make out a figure of a large man. I don't typically get frightened by much, but something in the air made me tense up and my heart kind of dropped to my stomach. I stopped and turned to look at the car. I had a feeling that the person driving was watching me intently. The figure in the car was definitely facing me. I could see the reflection from his dash bouncing off his eyes. I stared back. I figured he was about to yell out at me, but he just sat quietly in a strangely menacing way that I've never seen... Uh, except for scenes in movies play out. I kind of did a wave at the figure, letting him know that I saw him and waited for some type of communication in return. He didn't budge. 
just stared intently. I returned to pacing away, slightly brisker. After just a few moments, I could hear the car slowly roll in reverse, so I turned to face it, but expecting, uh, but kept pacing backwards. The car kept creeping slowly. I pulled down my hood to, and stood still again, waiting for him to pass me, but instead the man slowed to a stop beside me. The passenger side window rolled down, and the man and I met eyes. No words were exchanged at all, and before I even let out a hello, the man grimaced and accelerated away at a decent pace, almost as if he was disappointed by what he had seen. It doesn't make it doesn't seem like much from how it reads, but I'll never forget that tense interaction, and I've not I've not felt anything like it since. Thought it was a woman. Hmm? The driver thought that was a woman. Oh, I bet you're right. Found out it was a dude. Small dude. Oh, you're, away. Right. you're so right. Oh, my God. Fucker. Mm-hmm. Okay. I work in a supermarket, early shift, and part of my job is changing the shelf labels for the price changes each day. Just this Wednesday... I was putting new labels on the shelf of hand soap when about two foot along the shelf from me, a bottle shot off and landed in the middle of the aisle. I looked along the aisle at my colleague and she shrugs and says, happens all the time. (laughs) I've never directly witnessed anything else, but being one of the first on the shop floor each day, I'm now questioning all the items that I see sitting on the aisles first thing and guessing I can't blame untidy customers for all of them. (laughs) Next one, my sophomore year in college, I ran into this guy that was a year younger than me. Let's call him Mitch. Mitch and I were acquaintances that ran the same circles. He was a nice guy, smart and quiet. At parties, he would fold these really cool 3D shapes in the corner instead of interacting. He would always just watch everyone. I ran into him at a bus stop and and stopped to say hello. We had an awkward chat about our majors, him physics, me, C-H-E. And I asked if he had any contact with a mutual <laughs> friend that went into the army. He said yes. And I said, great. Could you pass him my number? He opened his wallet, pulled out a piece of paper. And the only thing in there it had my name, university address, and phone number. Huh? He just pulled out a piece of paper that had all of her contact information on it. Out of his wallet? Yeah. Uh... And it was the only thing in his wallet. Um, oh, my God. That's creepy. Run. Yeah. <laughs> run as fast as you can. Uh, next one. I work as a cable tech. I once went to a basement that I still have nightmares about. There was a single pull string type light in the center of the room, so I couldn't really see much until I turned it on. But the walls down the stairway were covered in old newspapers. I'm used to dark basements, so going to turn on the light, was not. I was not prepared for what I saw. All the walls were covered in newspapers. Every one of them had a headline about a tragedy or murder. There was a black and white framed picture on the wall, and below it was a large child-sized porcelain doll propped up in a rocking chair with a super old-looking cradle beside it. Mm-hmm. I stayed and did my job, but I still can't shake that feeling when I think about it. Mm. That is... What the fuck? I don't know. Oh my god. People are so fucked up. What the hell? I don't know. Creepy. 
Next one, every few months in a department with over 20 women, we'd all come in in nearly identical outfits. <laughs> it was odd. We were all ages, races, and styles, but there'd be a day when everyone would show up in a black skirt and red blouse. A few months later, everyone in brown slacks and a cream-colored dress shirt. A few months later, gray skirt, black sweater. We could never figure out the trigger, TV show character looking fly in that outfit the night before, a visitor to the building who appeared polished, nothing. Always creeped me out as it seems to represent some sort of group thing or collective consciousness working on us. Mm. Creepy. What the fuck? Oh no, that's weird. That is weird. Oh my gosh. It'd be I, weird. It would be kind of weird if it was just, you know, a couple people. Yeah. But 20? Yeah. Ooh. And it happened like all the time. Ooh, that is weird. That yeah, is. Uh, let's see. Next one. This is a story from my mother. She was home alone for a while and was expecting a friend over and was taking a shower. In case her friend came while she was in the shower, she left a note on the front door that said, I'm in the shower. Come on in. While she was in the shower, she heard a knock on the bathroom door and said, I'll be right out. When she got out of the shower, no one was there. And a few minutes later, her friend pulled up in the driveway. Ew, I don't like that. That gave me the chills. Oh, my God. It could have been so much worse. Next one, I converted an old Android phone to an IP security cam that starts recording and sends me an email on motion. I set it up before going out of town. One night, I got a motion detected email at 3 a.m. In the morning, I went through the video. Recording somehow got jammed, and it shows a single frame of a weird silhouette standing in the front of the door with the door open. I left it closed, and it was closed when I got back home. Ooh. Oh my god. You gave me chills too. Next one. When my grandmother's second husband was on his death throes, he had a habit of knocking on the be bedroom wall to get her attention since he didn't have the strength to shout. This went on for a long time because even though he was deathly ill, he kept holding on. I was about seven years old at the time and living with them. Not long after he died, my grandmother told me that she was sitting at the dining room table alone one morning, as they used to together, quietly drinking her coffee, when she suddenly heard the knocking on the wall again. She heard it as clear as day. It wasn't me because I was in the bedroom sleeping I was in the bedroom sleeping in her bed, and she could see me sleeping at the time. It was a small house. She claimed she saw it on one more occasion. As the years went by, other strange things happened. I began to have dreams of a young man in a Navy uniform I'd never met before, watching us sleep in the house or standing over me in the bedroom. I sometimes felt an eerie presence in the house, and at one point I heard a disembodied voice call me by my name in the middle of the day. My grandmother almost got into a car accident once and nearly missed hitting a semi when all at once she swore to God that she saw, smelled his cologne like he was in the car. She also had odd dreams of her husband coming back to the house, telling her he hadn't gone anywhere and he wasn't dead. Finally, a bird began to visit the house some days. I saw it and heard it myself. The bird would fly to her bedroom window and tap on the window with its beak. It did this many times, and we learned to recognize it. That was the last sign before the odd occurrences began to taper off. My grandmother died a couple of years ago, and afterward, for the very first time, and... Afterwards, for the very first time ever, 
I felt like the presence in the house had left us. Hmm. Crazy. Like he was waiting for it. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> okay. I have dogs that bark at anybody. My mother doesn't live with me nor have, have a key to my house. About four years ago, I'm sitting in my house alone on a day off from work. Both of my dogs hovering around me. One at my feet and one at the doorway leading into the hallway. It's quiet and I'm redditing or doing whatever on the internet. I hear my mother's voice clearly say, Brian, like she was trying to get my attention from across the house. I just perked my head up a little stunned thinking I was hearing things. However, my dogs, as soon as I perked up, so did they and they started growling really fierce in the direction of the voice with their hair raised. We went to inspect the house, but nothing was there. Ooh. Creepy. And this is my last one. This happened quite a few years ago when I was at uni. My friends and I were living on the ground floor flat, and my room was on the front of the building. Outside my window was the front of the garden. My boyfriend at the time and I had literally just finished having sex, and I had put my head on the pillow and glanced to my right, which was where the window was. There was a gap between the curtain and the window, and I was met with a pair of eyes watching me. We both, me and the peeper, had the instinct to look away and then quickly look back. At this point, I shouted to my ex that there was someone watching us from outside. He jumped, opened the window, and shouted various amusing warnings. He could see that the grass was disturbed so so someone had been there, and by the looks of it, more than once. From further inspection the next morning, we found that he had jumped the small hedge and exited through my neighbor's garden. Gross. Holy shit. Nasty motherfucker. (laughs) Those are mine. God, I feel so violated. (laughs) It's horrible. All right. It's time for the witty wrap-up. Yay, witty wrap-up. Did funny tweets. Okay, I'm so surprised. (laughs) You should be. (laughs) It's dad law that if you encounter a group of children building a sandcastle at the beach, you have to ask them if they have the appropriate permits. <laughs> dad joke. <laughs> Preschools will be like, we are an immersive program that enriches your child's world by expanding their horizons and connecting them with all the skills they need to succeed and the tools they need to socialize with their peers. The school is from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> Funny. Hi, sorry I didn't reply. My baby will only nap if I'm holding his entire butt in my hand. And if my hand moves even a tiny bit from his butt, he envisions his entire home planet exploding <laughs> and loses his mind with sorrow. Me when my kids won't try their food. You might like it. Me when kids want to try my food. You won't like it. <laughs> My six-year-old is already beating me at Mario Kart, and now I know you can be simultaneously proud and ashamed of the same thing. (laughs) Five-year-old, today in school, we talked about what to do if you have anxiety. Me, grabbing a notepad and pen. Go on. (laughs) Parenting in three steps. One, your kid gets a little cold. Two, they sneeze on you. Three, now you have Ebola. (laughs) 
My family needs a movie where they just introduce every character and then give us 10 minutes so we can look up where we know the actors from. <laughs> if you're wondering if parenting is for you, I just heard a voice say, Howdy, partner, and turned around to see my three-year-old wearing his potty seat on his head like a cowboy hat. <laughs> That's funny. Me, I love you. Seven-year-old, I love you too. Me, I love you to infinity. Seven-year-old, I love you to infinity too. Me, I love you more than ice cream. Seven-year-old. <laughs> Seven-year-old, what flavor? <laughs> Walked by a group of dads at a barbecue, and now I'm an expert on the cheapest gas stations in the country. My child, with a fourth grade education, that's a cumulus cloud. Me, a college-educated college adult, that cloud looks like a turtle. <laughs> Six-year-old, I think Grandma is getting me at Lego Group roller coaster for my birthday. Me, buddy, that's a lot of money. Not sure she will. Six-year-old, it's okay. I already made the money for her. The money. And then it shows a picture of a piece of paper that says $1 million. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so nice. <laughs> Can he make me some money? Really? No shit. I wish that would work. Gosh, that would be awesome. <laughs> Two-year-olds two playing soccer care about the following things in roughly the following order. Stickers. Airplanes. <laughs> holes in the ground. Big rocks, little rocks, other kids, soccer. <laughs> Five-year-old asked me to come to her hairdressing salon, put some accessories in my hair, then looked at me and said, Well, your hair looks good. Good. Well, your hair looks good now, but I don't know what we can do with your face. Oh. Worst hairdresser <laughs> I've ever been to. Do not recommend. <laughs> Looks good. We can't fix that. Face. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Absolutely, travel with kids. It's important they experience begging to watch their iPad in new environments. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm a mom. You might know me from such hits as "Hurry up, we're going to be late." What's that smell? And didn't I just feed you? <laughs> Out in public, 12-year-old. Did you know if you stick out your tongue and bite down on it, you can't breathe through your nose? Me, showing him he's wrong. 12-year-old, now you look like an idiot. <laughs> Me, I hate kids, man. <laughs> ah, what a dumbass. so they can interrupt your meeting to remind you that Triceratops was the horniest dinosaur. <laughs> That's very important. <laughs> My six-year-old son had questions about periods after watching Turning Red. I explained to him what they were and how they worked. The conversation ended with him going, so that's why you're so grumpy with me and daddy for like six whole days? <laughs> me. <laughs> Had to give up my pillow so that my four-year-old's fave stuffy could have a pillow. Otherwise, the stuffy wouldn't be able to sleep, obviously. 
Spent all day consoling my kids for not being Irish until my husband came home and was like, let me tell you about your Irish grandmother. I completely forgot that my children come from two people. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. (laughs) My son called a paper cupcake liner a muffin skirt, and I immediately (laughs) trademarked it. I love it. And my last one. Today, my three-year-old grabbed my hand and said, Mommy, why is life? <laughs> LOL, girl, I don't know. Let me know if you figure it out. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Send in your stories. Uh, we don't care what they're about. Funny, scary, uh, stupid stuff you've done. We'll read them. Goalsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, look us up on Facebook. You can request to join the group. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen, and we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.